welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. everyone and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host Christine Blasdale and I'm really really happy that you tuned in today because we have a very special program. Uh, There's a brand new book out. It's called The Silver Lining of Cancer. 13 Courageous Women Share Their Inspirational Stories After a Life-Changing Diagnosis. And I'm really happy to have uh, with me today two of the authors and uh, uh, two survivors of cancer. I have first on the line, we have Tracy Eamon, who is a wife uh, and a mother of two and a social media strategist who tripled her business while going through chemotherapy and radiation. Because of her ability to concentrate on the positive, even in adversity, she had uh, been driven to share her story and provide a vehicle to help others also share their stories. And uh, that's why she came up with the idea of the silver lining of cancer, the book. Also with me today is Karen Strauss. And Karen has worked in publishing for more than 30 years and has held management and marketing positions at major publishing houses and is the founder of Hybrid Global Publishing, which helps authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs get their own message out by writing and publishing a book. Uh, Ladies, I am so very happy to have you. Tracy and Karen, thank you so very much for joining us on Out of the Box with Christine today to talk about not only this book, but also your own personal story. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Christine. It's an honor and a pleasure. Now, I I really love this. Uh, I really love. First of all, I really love the title of, of this of this book, "The Silver Lining of Cancer." Thirteen courageous women share their inspirational stories after a life changing diagnosis. The silver lining of cancer. Some, I'm sure that some people might say, "What silver lining of cancer?" <laughs> right, <laughs> Tracy. This was this was sort of your um, this was your idea, right? This was your your uh, your baby, so to speak. It was yes. Um, you know, as I as I went through my cancer treatment, I, I definitely wasn't seeing the silver lining myself. But as I kind of looked back on things, you know, as years kind of passed on. I realized that there were were definitely some silver linings. You know, I have the most incredible children that are, and they're young adults now that are so empathetic that Mm -hmm. I I never, I never went through that. You know, the teens issues, they were there watching, supporting, um, and just really being aware and very cognizant of, you know, what's going on in people's lives. So, So, you know, they've taken that and, and are like that with everybody. So I love seeing that. Um, you know, my husband's always been supportive and, and kind of putting things into that whole, you know, what do we what do we what do we want to worry about right now? You know, like let's not worry about what we can't control at the moment. Let's worry about mm-hmm. let's deal with what we're dealing with right now and then move forward. And that that sort of helped keep me on my 
you know, straight, straight and narrow <laughs> as I was going through my treatment. Well, and, and the idea to have uh, the stories of uh, these 13 women, um, was that something that you knew? When did, when did you know that you were going to be writing this book? I bought the silverliningofcancer.com website, I think, five years ago because I knew that as I was talking to people and I started to maybe share a little bit about my story because I wasn't necessarily, I was very private while I was going through it. But as I was starting to share, people were like, well, you know, so-and-so needs to hear your story. And, and this would really help my girlfriend. And this would help, you know, and, and I was hearing that. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. You know, I may not think my story is any different than anyone else's. But if I can have a positive impact in somebody's life, then it's something that's who I am. I always want to like rise people or help raise people up and support others. It's just that's my innate need to do right mm-hmm. that's what makes me happy so the silver lining of cancer came about there um and i wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go but i figured that my story in itself i did not want to have it be a you know a large book onto itself i wanted to be able to give other people an opportunity to share their stories and that's sort of how it came to be and, and as we know, everybody experiences, um, you know, life from a different perspective, and they may not have the same resources that, uh, that you know, each of these women have. They might have a different family relation. They might be alone. They might have a, a large uh, group uh, of family members supporting them. So it's really nice that you did uh, offer that to you know, 13 different perspectives on getting, you know, getting the diagnosis of, of cancer and how they dealt with that, you know, uh, relatively um, in a very open and honest way in this in this book. And you have, um, for our listeners, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown, if you don't mind, um, a little bit of a background. I, we want them to get the book, of course, <laughs> The Silver Lining of Cancer. We want them to get the book, but um, explain to our listeners a little bit about your own personal journey uh, with cancer and, um, and, and, and how you r- relied so much, obviously, on your family, but what it was uh, when, you got that, when you got that diagnosis. What, was, what went through your mind at that moment? My goodness. Okay, I will share that with you. I just want to um, put this in as well, is that some of the ladies who shared their story in this book are caregivers too. So, uh, you know, cancer impacts not just the person that is has the disease it impacts their family their loved ones everyone around them mm-hmm. so we wanted to make sure that we we knew that everybody needed to be heard and i just wanted to share that quickly um for me yeah that's it's like the absolute worst feeling um i had my mom is also in this book uh 26 years ago got diagnosed with breast cancer and so it's been something that I kind of, you know, you, you, if it's in your family, you, ex- no, you don't expect it's going to happen to you, but you're just a little bit more aware of the possibilities. Correct. And um, for me, there was, you know, I, regular checkups, nothing there, like literally nothing there, mammogram, nothing. And then a month later, I felt something. And I'm just, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, when you know, you know, we're talking about tapping into your intuition, you just know. Um, but 
you always need to get it confirmed to decide what their next steps might be. And so I went through, you know, feelings that I'm sure that most people did go through. It's like, you know, am I going to see my kids graduate? Am I going mm-hmm. to be a grandmother? Um, this wasn't in my plans. What did <laughs> right. I do? <laughs> this really what messes up my weekend. <laughs> right? Right. I think it did. Um, but really just like how, you know, how could this happen to me? You know, I'm not doing anything that I shouldn't be doing. Like just all these things, right? And And I think that's something that, you know, everybody is going to deal with the diagnosis and, and their suggested treatments and whatever they're going to choose. And it has to be all about them. And I think that's one thing I learned as I went through is that I needed to, do, I did needed to do things on my own terms. So I got as much information as I could and I made my decisions on what I was going to do. And people are wonderful in giving you their thoughts on what they would do. And I'm, you know, I probably was doing the same thing prior to that as well. But I know that until you're actually given a diagnosis and depending on, like you said, where you are in your life, Mm -hmm, who your mm -hmm. support network is, what kind of cancer, how far along, what your, what your visions are for how your life is, is going to be moving towards the future. There's so many things that impact it. You have to really be your own self-advocate and really take control of your mindset as much as you can while going through this or at least you know I'm saying you need to but in my opinion it that's what helped me was being able to do that yes uh, well and there's so many things that are running through your mind I'm sure um now now while you were my understanding too is uh, the chapter that you have in the book that while you were going through all of this you also you were able to focus on on still on work and was that sort of something just to kind of keep to to keep your energy um you know positive and and feeling that you're you know needed (laughs) you know and and obviously you have your your children you know and your family but but um you were able to to also focus on can you talk about that aspect as well the importance of that yes for me it was it was it was awesome because I was an entrepreneur, so I'd worked in corporate for 15 years. And, you know, had I been working in corporate, definitely, you know, benefits and so forth obviously would have been been great. Um, But at the same time, I I would have been sent home with sick pay. And I would have been at home and solely concentrating on the fact that I was sick and how how did my body do this to me? And, 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 you know, concentrating on that, whereas... At that time, I was, I just started, I think I was probably about two years into my own business and I was, you know, starting to meet new clients and, and I actually brought on a large number of clients, but giving them the whole, you know, this is what's going on to me. I know I'm going to go for chemo. I know I'm going to be down and out, you know, for 72 hours every three weeks. So, you know, I want you to know for sure, because you need to make the decision based on what's best for your business. But I want to let you know up front, this is how it's, it's going to work until I get through my treatment. And nobody left. They said, okay, that's, I'd oh, that's be happy wonderful. to work with you. And, you know, I kind of go, okay, treatment's coming up. You need something done. It needs to be. And by this time, otherwise, I will talk to you on the other side. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, yeah. So it was good. I was, once again, I was being authentic. And I was advocating for myself 
on what I could possibly do to help them. Those but are good people. We like those awesome people. people. Yes. We, we like those people. And speaking of good people, um, also uh, with us today is Karen Strauss. And I had mentioned she's uh, she's been in publishing for, oh my goodness, decades, decades and decades. <laughs> and she's the founder of Hybrid Global Publishing. Um, Karen, you're one of these, uh, of the, the 13 courageous women who share their their story uh, about uh, having that uh, diagnosis of cancer. You're one of the featured authors in this book as well. And uh, um, I would love to have you, if you feel comfortable as well, um, telling our listeners a little bit about your story and your diagnosis. Sure. <clears throat> so what Tracy said, you know, about when you know, you know, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt that, you know, that I'd had some leaking, I'd had some things that were not right with my body. Um, And I was always religious about getting mammograms and taking care of my, you know, uh, of my health in that way. Um, But I too kept getting, I I would get a mammogram. That year, I think I got four mammograms. And then I got a sonogram. Uh, and nothing was coming up, and nothing was coming up, and it was very weird. Uh, and they said, then, well, come back in six months. So I came back, uh, and all of a sudden, they found they found some spots. Um, and it was, I guess in some ways, not surprising. My breast cancer, my breast surgeon calls it the sneaky kind of cancer so so that means it wraps the the mammograms these days are still not technologically advanced to capture really small cancers so what happens is it has to grow to a certain size until the mammogram and even the sonogram can actually see it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's very frustrating so um so they they captured it, but I, I tell this story um, in, my, in my chapter where I, I went for the mammogram, they stopped me and they said, wait in the, living, wait in the, uh, the lobby, uh, the waiting room, because we need to take more pictures of your, of your breasts. And um, I just kind of just started freaking out. And I uh, kept going up to the front desk and saying, well, when are you going to take me? When are you going to take me? And they said, soon and soon and 20 minutes goes by and 25 minutes goes by. And finally, I just started to hyperventilate. I could not even deal. So I actually ran out of the, um, uh, the doctor's office. I just ran and ran for several blocks to catch the bus hmm. so that I could go home. And thinking illogically to myself, if I don't actually hear the words, I don't have cancer. <laughs> right, right. So, so I'm going home. I'm putting my head under the cover. And I'm now getting, like, inundated with phone calls, which is the lab calling me back. You must come back. You must come back. It's urgent. And so, you know, I, I, I put on my big girl pants. I called them, made an appointment for the next day, called my best friend who happens to be a, a midwife and handles women's uh, – Uh, health. And so she came with me and, you know, that's when they diagnosed. And I had, it was the weirdest thing because it was a very aggressive cancer. So they they found one in the duct and then two spots outside the duct and one spot 
that had already gone into my lymph node. And this was after four mammograms and two sonograms. And then it friggin like within six months, all of a sudden it was all over. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, but they did say they caught it early. And so, um, you know, and, and basically my friend just shot into action and we found a breast surgeon, we found an oncologist, you know, and then once I had a plan of action, then I was able to function uh, a lot better. You, you felt better because there was a plan of action. There was a plan, exactly. When you don't know or when you're, you go to this very, I go to this very dark place that the, the worst is going to happen. And so when you, when I don't know or see a plan, um, I, I let my imagination take over. And sometimes that's not such a good thing. Right, right. And then, um, and then, so you did have the surgery. So you did have uh, the surgery. So I had a mastectomy um, on the, my, my right breast. And, um, and then I had, um, and then I had a, um, what's the implant put in. Um, and then, but they put a temporary implant in because I was going to go through chemo and then radiation. <clears throat> so I did the chemo and like Tracy, um, I had a business to run. Um, unlike Tracy, I don't have a husband or, or children. So I was very reliant actually on my friends. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, it was amazing to me, and that's actually my silver lining, was learning how many supporters I really had and how I could not handle my business. And my, uh, I have a house in Pennsylvania, and I have a you know, co-op in, this, in New York City, um, and a dog, and all these things that I need to take care of, and I could not do that myself. And I finally had to recognize that I could not live my life alone. And, um, and so what was amazing to me was all of these people, people from the dog park, especially were calling me up and saying, let's, you know, you know, I'm happy to walk Izzy. I'll take Izzy to the park. I'll, you know, I'll cook you a meal, whatever, whatever it was. I I found that people really, really wanted to help. And if I gave them a task because people are more comfortable you know, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, let me know, you know, I, I, I'd love to help you. Let me know. And then they don't do anything because they really don't know. So right. if I tell them, <laughs> right. So, so if you tell them, then they know. So, so they would, they would bring me soup or I, I had a neighbor across the way who, um, every night at 10 o'clock, he'd come in, check on me. If I needed him to walk easy, he'd walk easy. If I needed a, a joint, he'd give me a joint <laughs> to ease my pain. That was awesome. It was like the 10 o'clock delivery. It was very cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that helped. We laughed a lot, helped me sleep, and we became fast friends. Um, you know, and, and I could just tell you stories about people who I, I barely knew. You know, there was another woman who lived in my building um, and also from the dog park. And she was a makeup artist uh, for, you know, commercials. And I had this big swanky Christmas party going out to, to Barnes & Noble. Um, and um, 
there was no way I could do this myself. And she came over that night um, and she put on full makeup with false eyelashes, you know, uh, brushed my hair, did everything and made me look beautiful. Oh, and oh, my God, it was awesome. It was right from her heart. And she even at, at some point said to me, I don't even know why I did that, because I'm not a particularly generous person. but there was something about you that I needed to do that and I just thought that was awesome so yeah I mean the kindness of of people you just find talk about silver linings you find it everywhere if you just ask Mm-hmm. That was my experience. Well, and that was something that was different for me. I mean, because I and I know you. You're you are very independent. You're a very strong, independent woman, and so having um, having to ask uh, that that may not come easy for some people. Having you know, because a lot of us like to say that you know, well, I'll I'll get through it. I'll do it myself, and to to actually come from a vulnerable place and say, you know what, I need help. That is that can be a challenge to people, and um, and so that was something that I know that you experienced through this process, and um, and 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 how how did that feel? Well, at first it was very weird and difficult, and as 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 you say, I don't like to feel vulnerable. I've not had good experiences when I have felt vulnerable, so I kind of put up a wall, and so. You know, it started with my best friend, Susan, who was always there for me. She came to every appointment. A lot, you know, what I didn't realize was, so you get diagnosed and you go to these doctor's office and basically you can, maybe you have 30% capacity to actually listen to what they're saying. Because, you know, basically you're saying to yourself, oh my God, I have cancer. Oh my God. And then that's all you hear. So, so yeah, you always need an advocate to, to bring with you, um, with a friend of mine who got diagnosed with lung cancer, I went with him and, and I record, I asked the doctor, of course, if I could record it, but we recorded the session and we all found that very helpful because then you can go back and kind of really, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize you could do that, but, um, you know, you always need an advocate. Um, and so it helped that, you know, Susan was just always there. And my cousin was like always there, um, you know, she, meaning that, you know, she wasn't just calling me. She was showing up and she was, you know, taking me for a walk or she was taking Izzy for a walk or she was cooking me a meal. So or helping me clean my house, whatever it was. So then it actually started to feel nice. Which you know, is, and yeah. right. So, so then people just started like from the dog park. I tell a story in the book about, um, there was an amazing gentleman, um, uh, who I knew slightly, didn't know him well. Um, and he just called me up one day and he said, listen, let me take Izzy to the dog park. I'll pick him up at five o'clock. I'll have him out. I'll bring him back. So on and so forth. You know, and he's an Oscar winner for the movie Birdman, you know, and, you know, these, this is a community of people that no matter what you do, how much money you make, how famous you might be, you know, we took care of each other. And I didn't know that. I did not know that. So 
it was an extraordinary, it began to feel good. It first was really weird, um, <laughs> you know, and I, there was no way I could do it because I used to, was used to getting like slammed in the face if I ever asked for something. So not literally, but, but <laughs> just for people out there, I wasn't physically abused. Um, so, so it just began to feel really nice and it, it felt okay then for me to ask someone to do something for me. I, I love what you say in the, in your chapter, in the, in the book, which it's, uh, it, it's called, it really does take a village by Karen Strauss. Um, I love what you say that, um, you, you went from feeling guilty, right? To feeling grateful and appreciative. And I, and, and then as you read further, I, I see that you're saying I was so grateful. Um, and this is something that I think that, that people maybe don't realize about, about their journey with any type of, of, of disease, uh, of, of cancer or anything that, that can, um, stop us in our tracks, right? We're going, we're going hundred miles an hour and then all of a sudden we hit a brick wall. We got to hit a brick wall. We got to just stop and slow down. And your, what I'm gaining from your chapter is this beautiful sense of gratefulness, I mean, oh, yeah, no, you, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, not that you're grateful for, for, uh, for having the breast cancer, but there's gratefulness in the journey that you have with this. There's no question. And uh, I, I'm a big advocate of waking up every morning and expressing your gratitude, just saying, in, instead of starting your, I used to wake up every morning and the first words out of my mouth were, Oh shit! And I have no idea why I did that. <laughs> I really don't. It was very weird. It was so. so well, I then started catching myself and um, and 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 saying, "Okay, I can't be doing that. I can't be starting my day going, oh shit,' when I don't even know what's wrong." So, <laughs> so. I, I had a lot of hours, you know, doing chemo and, you know, four hours every other week. And, you know, you, 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 you then begin to think about it. You look around the room, all the friends that came to visit me. You look around and you say, you know what? I do have a lot to be grateful for. And the more I practiced gratitude, and I do this every single day, it puts you in a whole different headspace. Totally. Right. Right. Yes. I, I, you know, um, that gratitude, it seems to be too, that it's, it's not contagious, but it, it sends out a, an energy and this is, it doesn't matter. Uh, again, it doesn't matter what, what your health status is, that, that feeling of gratitude seems to me to bring more things that we're grateful for, you know, it just exactly puts out that energy. Um, and it gives you a mindset as well, Tracy. I was wondering, uh, Tracy Eamon, I was wondering if um, if if you had that same if you had that same experience, or or maybe a, a little bit of a spin on that gratefulness or that that gratitude of of, of going through what you've you had gone through. Oh, definitely. I mean, gratitude is so important. I didn't quite start my my day the way that Karen did, but <laughs> <laughs> but. Yes, you know, gratitude, a smile. I mean, it's amazing what a smile will do for somebody. Um, you know, with this book, pulling together these incredible authors, 
you know, the, the idea is that when you're sitting there hooked up to a machine, if that's, if that's the path you choose to take for your treatment and you, you know, looking at the entertainment books really just doesn't, doesn't give you that, that feeling of gratitude. It kind of gives you that feeling of like, Oh, you know, how come my life isn't like that? Right. Like I wish I had those concerns or whatever it might be. Um, so just feeling, yeah, feeling grateful for every day and, and reminding yourself. I mean, we, you know, we all get hit with things nonstop as we move through our lives and to just be able to pull yourself back and go, okay, you know, what am I grateful for today? Like what, what went really well that I didn't expect to, what can I expect tomorrow? And just putting it out there, that energy, that energy and that mindset is so phenomenal in, you know, making the best case of a a bad situation, really. Oh, Oh, completely. And um, I've, you know, I've spoken with, uh, with many uh, cancer survivors, and they have that, that similar um, type experience where there is a gratitude, not necessarily for what's happening to them um, uh, physically, but that they're also for that time being that they're stopping and they're appreciating things too, that they took for granted. You know, the simple thing of being able to get in your car and uh, and go to the beach or take a walk, go go take a walk at the beach. All of a sudden that has so much more meaning than when we're, quote unquote, you know, healthy and busy, having a busy life. It's like those little moments, those hearing a bird outside your window, all of a sudden is just this magnificent, beautiful, like a miracle. Right. Because of, of, of what we're what we're facing. Um, it is yeah. True. If I, can I just interrupt for a second? Yes. Um, um, so when you were saying, appre- you know, appreciation, it's really true. I actually have two friends um, diagnosed with very, very serious cancer. Um, and both of them are insistent that they're, uh, they want to write. They, and they've been, one of them is a writer. She's a beautiful writer. And what she wants to do is get the message out. Um, and she wants her voice heard in a lot of different ways. And she really wants to tell people about her experience because, you know, of, of she didn't know anything about the BRCA gene, for instance. She didn't know what it was. And neither did I, actually, until I got uh, breast cancer. And they said, do you want to be tested? And I said, what's that? And so for those who don't know, the BRCA gene is it tests you to see if you are have inherited a gene from anybody in your family that makes you more prone to cancer. Oh, what? So, it's called the Baraka? Yeah. What? Baraka. Baraka. B-R-A-C-C-A, I believe. Right, Chasey? Yeah, I'd have to look up the actual acronym, but I think that's pretty close. And the way that you pronounce it is, is how people do say it. Yes. Yeah. So who knew? And we actually tested this out uh, with a young friend of ours who uh, I said, have you ever heard of the BRCA gene? She said, no, I have no idea. What is that? And it's astounding to me that it's an easy blood test. And if you do have cancer in your family, if your mother had breast cancer or your you know, sister, your aunt or whatever had ovarian you need to be tested right away because people, you know, you then would then have the opportunity to have a hysterectomy or to have your breast removed proactively because if you have the BRCA gene, 
you 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 get uh, there's a seventy percent chance that you will get cancer. So um, these are things to check out, and we are not told that. And my friend um, Melody wants to really make that known to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's called the yeah BRCA, and that's why the the the. the uh, Braca, okay. uh, but BRCA mutations. I've just looked this up at uh, on cancer dot uh, cancer dot gov, and um, and that, that they say that it is uh, it's, it's something that's relatively easy, and Medicare covers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no excuse for that. Um, My well. insurance covered it. You know, I mean, most insurances will cover it. Um, probably more so, they will cover it if you actually have cancer. I don't know about prior to that but if again if you have cancer in your family it's you know what's the price of your life worth right mm-hmm. right yeah it's um it, it's it's interesting because i've i've never heard you're the first person uh well now and now we're sharing this with other people through this uh podcast so other people are going to be uh learning about this as well and and uh and, and seeing if they can if they can take that test um tracy i was wondering too if you can tell us um uh, a few of the other stories in the 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 book the silver lining of cancer 13 courageous women share their inspirational stories after a life-changing diagnosis if there are i mean I, i'm sure Every single one of the women that participated in this book that wrote a chapter have their own very unique stories. But um, are there some that um, that that come to mind to you that uh, that are worth mentioning as well to give our listeners an idea of of their story? You know, that's really hard to say as far as like I can't. I can't choose whose story (laughs) is bigger than someone else's. You know what I mean? Because each of our stories are all unique. And yet there's some similarities in it. And you're talking about, you know, um, with a BRCA and, and we definitely have uh, one of our authors talk about that and how it, you know, how important it is. Like that's one of the things that she wants to get out there is, is like your friend, Karen, is that, you know, if, if people just got tested, they at least would, would know. And knowing is, Knowing is so much better than not knowing because at least you can take action when you know. Right. Right. right? So you can be proactive. Of, Correct. Yeah. Um, one of our authors um, shares a beautiful story about her mother and how she just just exuded this this brilliance and this love and this compassion and and how that impacted her life. Uh, another lady. Um, got diagnosed in her early 30s and ended up not only not only fighting cancer but ending up with a with the um, a transfusion bone marrow transplant and then and then her she ended up having to also get lung transplants because you know your body plays funny tricks on you along the way it's just it's just crazy so there's a there's a lot of different stories within within the pages and you know we really feel that when you pick it up and you're going to open the book it's going to be the it's going to be the story that you're going to need to read right now i would love right and there, there are different there are different um aspects too so some women followed the traditional route and other women chose to do something else, something, you know, the, the, to use alternative methods. That was my and, question. That was my next yeah. question is, uh, 
uh, were there a variety of different treatments that that the women um, had? I know that both uh, both uh, Karen and Tracy, both you had undergone. You you both did chemo and surgery. Yes, we did. Yes, okay. Right, and yeah. uh, and radiation. And radiation. Did, yeah. I did too. Yep. I was yeah. gonna kill those damn damn buggers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Out, 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 out. But, but yes. But there are others that that actually that, that did. They chose some uh, different different routes as well. Yes, like either either out completely or out, you know in combination. Correct. With right. with mm-hmm. you know the sort of regular medical options um one of the one of our incredible authors talks about tapping and how that really helped her take back control of her body and and get rid of the energy the negative energy that was you know impacting her and then um you know there's healing with love is is another one of our stories where you know just once again mindset and and looking really taking control of sort of you know whether what it what it is that you put in your body like there's there's a lot of information within here these that people these are people's whose stories who have actually been there and done that and you know one of them you're going to feel in tune with yeah that's what i well that's what i i love about it is that there's the the variety you know of approaches and and perspectives and in each woman each chapter has their voice you know it's not someone writing about them it's their story it's their voices like this is what happened to me i love i mean karen was saying how she just like you know she bolted out of the double doors i saw her when she when she wrote that and i was reading that i was like i saw her take off out of the <laughs> hospital right i saw her just, just go and i could see the phone ringing repeat oh well, there's nothing worse than when you there's somebody calling you that you do not really want to talk to and it, oh yeah and that phone number keep and you know what it is and you're like oh, i just don't want to pick it up so that's so powerful for for people and i i, I really um want to encourage uh folks to get this book in not only for themselves if they're going through this but also for a loved one if they're going through it i would love to have you know someone like oprah buy a bunch of these copies and put them in every single you know uh doctor's office just so that you know, instead of reading those horrible you know us magazines or you know national Enquirer, they could pick this up and read the silver exactly. lining of cancer yeah. Well, the next time I'm visiting my oncologist, which is soon, I'm bringing a bunch of books. Good to them. Yes. Yeah, good. I'm I handing think... them out to everybody in the lobby. So because imagine, yeah. imagine, you know, you you know what it's like to be diagnosed with this and to go, what the, you know, what am I so going to do? So yeah. to have that resource, to have that book there, or to have, you know, um, this as a resource for 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 anyone going through it, not just women, but for anyone that's going through this, it would be so valuable. And right there, it helps in the healing as well, just to know that you're not alone and to know that there's others and that they've tried different types of, of treatments. My, my, my question I wanted to ask you, since you had both done the, the, the chemo, when you were, when you were on the, on the chemo treatment, and I know, I know it makes you just feel horrific, uh, uh, just feel really, really bad. Um, I wanted to know what you did individually to make yourself feel better. Were there things um, that, you know, I, I think Karen alluded to possibly um, medical marijuana, uh, perhaps? <laughs> alluded? Okay. Alluded. That's, that's, that's the way to put it. 
I just I wanted to know because because people have different ways of dealing with you know with 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 pain and dealing with something that makes you feel so sick like chemotherapy. Um, but would you like to share what you what you had what you did during the, those times to get through it all? Let's start with uh, let's start with Karen, the the medical marijuana lady, the, the, <laughs> the, pot, the smoker. pot smoker. Yeah, let's start well, with you, Karen. Great, great. So I actually did a number of things. Um, there was this wonderful organization um, near me that offered free services for women who uh, were going through cancer treatments, and so they offered uh, Reiki and acupuncture, oh, massage. Wow. It was amazing. Um, and a nutritionist, and um, I took advantage of all of those things. I love acupuncture, and I, you know, I'm a big advocate. Um, Me too. It I puts it. you right, yeah. It puts you in alignment. Um, it makes you feel a little zen. So, so I definitely did that, and um, and the nutritionist was awesome because she spoke about that's kind of when I when I became organic. That I, you know, that I I really understood the poisons that I was putting into my mouth and, uh, you know, learn the, the importance of, uh, mushrooms, how they, they, they do fight, uh, cancer cells and free radicals and all of that. So she taught me a lot. Um, and she taught me some, um, breathing exercises. And the, the one that I, that I still do to this day is like you intake your breath, you know, one, two, three, four, and, and you go, um, I am, you know, and it's like you, you breathe in and then breathe out. What you're breathing out is I am fine. And you're breathing in and out. And it's, you know, breathing control is an amazing way to relax yourself in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so, extremely pow- yeah. powerful. Yeah. And the other thing that I did was it's uh, it's an exercise called gyrotonic, and it's not everywhere. It's similar to Pilates, so but it it strengthens your core. But I had this most amazing teacher, um, and gyrotonic is an exercise. It's a stretching, you know, exercise where there are no excuses. You know, I went every week or twice a week while I was going through my treatments. And so I was also um, being able to be strong um, and working on my core and my muscles, stretching and be flexible while I was going through the treatments, which in effect helped me get through the, the chemo without much of a problem. Mm. And, and, uh, and Tracy, what about you? Well, I wish I would have heard some of the things that Karen <laughs> had, had at her disposal. Um, but yeah, you know what? Breathing, um, meditation. Uh, I was doing like the box breathing. You know, you kind of like inhale up to eight and then count to hold your breath for four and then back down. So that you kind of mm-hmm. like create this box to sort of make myself um, a little bit calmer. Um, lots and lots of water. Like what I found, you know, going having the treatment is that you you really got dehydrated so you needed to you needed to make sure that you're hydrated and whatever that looked like for you um as far as you know i look back and as far as pain and stuff it was just more it was just more uncomfortable and 
I really kind of relied on the mindset. Okay, what was I going to do? So, you know, I finished a ball tournament, got surgery two days later. Nobody knew about it. I still went, you know, away for the summer. I came back. I did my treatments. And in between, I was still, I never, I never changed one plan. I still made it to in the New Year's party. My last chemo was on December the 29th. So basically, <laughs> you know, 72 hours later, I should have been, still down and out but i was determined to go to the new year's party because damn it i was celebrating that that was over and i was starting anew with a new year so you know for me it was just really trying to really concentrate on the positive and the gratitude and the, and the mindset that helped me kind of get through when it wasn't so fun <laughs> exactly <laughs> well and this kind of leads to this sort of also leads to um to my next question um if since you've gone through this and since also you have worked so closely with other women who have gone through this, what are some other um, maybe resources that are available? And because we were talking about the personal things that we do, if it's meditation or if it's acupuncture or if it's, like you said, flooding your cells with the water, um, the positive uh, affirmations and things like that. But are, are were you able to find other resources um, out there for support? Um um, either organizations or, you know, anything that was online or, or um, other publications that you found really um, helped you on this journey? Well, there was, I think, Karen, they have that here near you too. It's like, is it look, look good, feel better? That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. Look good, feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, having, you know, what I found is that, you know, the, at the hospital or around, um, you know, in the local area, there definitely is, because I, you know, it's, 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 it's so awful, really, that there are so many people that are dealing with cancer, but there's, there's so many support groups out there. So, um, you know, the support groups are amazing. You know, there's, you know, yoga studios that, you know, would, would, maybe be concentrating a little bit more on people that are, are needing that, that type of healing and being very aware of so maybe what kind of surgery you might have had or where mm -hmm. things you know, might be a little different than just for an average person going to a class. Um, there's, there's so many resources. Um, and really what we want to do on the website is, is start to collect those and, and make it a place for people to be able to you know, potentially at least know where to start searching. You know? I think right, because one of the things that my breast surgeon said, one of you know, she said, "Don't start searching the internet because you're going to freak out," <laughs> and she said, "You're going to be just crazy." And there's a lot of bad information. And she says, "So the American Cancer Society and Susan G. Komen," and she said, "Those are the only two uh, websites you're allowed to look at." So. Um, but I just wanted to to also elaborate on Tracy's look. I was trying to remember it. Look Good, Feel Better was an organization for uh, people with cancer. You go, and actually all of these big companies like Revron, Revlon and L'Oreal and other, other, they donate all of this makeup and, um, um, you know, various hair products and so on and so forth. And so you spend a night with these people who train you how to put on, if you have no eyebrows, I lost all of my eyebrows. Um, 
The good news was I lost all of my hair and my chin and my lip. That was cool. <laughs> and do you know the very first hair that came back was a damn hair on my lip. That was so annoying. So, <laughs> but this was a, an amazing organization that just made you feel pretty. It made you feel feminine. And it made you feel like, you know, oh, these, these, this is the kind of lotion I should put on my skin because you do get incredibly hydrated, dehydrated, um, as Tracy mentioned before. Um, and so hydrating your skin, drinking water, um, popsicles are a great thing to buy. Um, keep it in your freezer so you'll always be hydrated. So that kind of thing. But if you look in your local, you know, Susan G. Komen and other places will have local organizations um, that might even help clean your house, deliver food to you. So, um, you know, it depends on where you live. I would, I would think too, um, especially that there has to be a lot of extra pressure on, on those that have children too, because you're, you're, it's, it's one thing to, if you have your own life, if you're living alone, um, and doing the, the things that need to be done, whatever that is, uh, you know, uh, cleaning the house or, or having food prepared for you when you're really just feeling just so, so nauseous. But, um, when you have children, especially also those, um, single parents or single, uh, single mother who has, uh, children, small children, the pressure that would be on them, I would think would be quite immense. Now, Tracy, you have, uh, you have two children, but you, you're, you, you have a, a husband as well who was he able to sort of uh, play not play your role nobody can replace you but can uh, kind of pick up the pieces a, a bit and and oh, yeah. make sure that they were taken care of yes i mean and they were 10 and 14 at the time but yes uh, my husband's a, a really good cook too so that was oh. that was good <laughs> considering i wasn't maybe eating some days uh, but everybody else was eating well well <laughs> Uh, well, as we as we get ready to to wrap up, I wanted just to uh, give the floor to to both of you and 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 have you um, just let our listeners know, especially if you want to send a message out directly to women who are who maybe who have just recently been diagnosed, and um, and then I'm gonna at the very end I'm gonna give them all your contact information to how to get the book and and get to the website, but um, if you have uh, any particular message that you would like to send out to those who have been recently diagnosed with cancer and their heads are just spinning right now because don't really know what's uh, what's ahead of them in the future, let's start off with um, with Karen if you don't mind. Sure. So I would just say, believe me, I know it's going to be a very dizzying, uh, crazy time. You go through uh, denial and grief and anger and, you know, all of those things. Um, I would stress, find, uh, if you have a, hunger, a husband, a partner, a best friend, really grab onto that person to help you through this journey. It will make it so much easier that you're going to, you know, you're going to have a partner in crime, so to speak, to um, develop a plan of attack. Um, I do think it's a good idea to get a second, at least a second opinion, mm -hmm. so that they, you know, that, that you want people to agree. Um, and you want to find a doctor that is compatible with you, you know. So I, uh, one of the oncologists that I interviewed scared the bejesus out of me 
And so he, he was like based on fear. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel fear every time I walked in. So, right. right. right? So I needed more touchy feely guy, you know? And so, so it's, it's that kind of thing, you know, find a doctor that fits your personality that also obviously has credentials. Um, but that's what I would say is find good people around you, get the toxicity out of your life and, and surround yourself with, with good people and self-care um, and take very good care of yourself. Now is the time you need to be a little bit selfish and take care of yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Tracy, what about you? What would you like to, to let our listeners know? Well, that was beautiful, Karen, and I agree You know, with everything that you said there. I, I want listeners to know that they're not alone. You may feel alone when you get a diagnosis. You might feel like you're the only person in the world. Know that there are people out there that, that hear you, that know what you've gone through or what you're about to go through, and they want to help. There's so many people out there that want to help. So like Karen said, you know, ask people for what you need from them. Um, be very be very cognizant of what you need and you know don't worry so much about how it's going to impact other people at this point worry about you that self-care is really really important um and yeah ask questions you know initially it's really hard and always take someone with you if you can because they'll hear more than you probably will but once you have some time to digest the information ask questions like there's anything that just doesn't make sense to you or you want more clarity on ask questions because you this is this is your life and and you have the right to make the decision on on what's next and and how you're going to deal with things so the more information you have at your fingertips the better the decision will be for you I love that. I love with with both of you saying too. yes, ask questions. And if you're not feeling comfortable with a particular doctor or a particular form of treatment or the way that they're treating you or talking to you, that you have the power to um, to go find someone else too. If, 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 if you're not, cause so much of us, we were like, a, you know, like a deer in, in, in headlights, right? When we were diagnosed with them, we're just in shock. And, um, and it's really important for people to take that control and that responsibility as well, um, with their, with their health. So thank you so much for those, uh, those wonderful words. Um, so uh, uh, I could keep talking to you forever. Uh, you, you, you're both <laughs> wonderful. So um, if people we'll go on, too, too. We, we can too. If We're pe- the Women Speakers Association, for God's sake. <laughs> if people want to find out more information, uh, what's the best way? What's the best way for them to to find out about the book and and about you too? Well, the best place to go to is thesilverliningofcancer.com. Um, not only will there be um, some links to both of you know both of our individual bios and and access to us through our individual websites, but there's also an opportunity to um, purchase a book from there. We invite people to that. You know, I've been getting. Um, emails and people wanting to order a book direct from me that is signed with a personalized message to to one of their to their loved one, the girlfriend that maybe just got diagnosed. So uh, definitely welcome that opportunity to oh, be able brilliant. to that's provide that. Yeah, and we will be adding more um, opportunities. You know, you're talking about you know 
having somebody like Oprah or Ellen um, buy, buy these books and, and put them in the waiting rooms. And that's ultimately our goal is to get them in the waiting rooms in the hands of people that need them. So, you know, we're looking at doing some fundraising that can actually help make that happen in the near future as well. Well, it's it's happening. It's it's definitely happening because I already saw it and I said it. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Tracy the Eman. Power of Christine. <laughs> That's right. <It's laughs> Tracy Eman and Karen Strauss, I want to just thank you so very much for for uh, for being with us today and to, for sharing your stories and for also giving um, so much hope to women that, uh, you know, we'll never meet, but they're going to be impacted by this uh, program. And I just want to thank you so, so very much. And I wish you all the best of luck with the silver lining of cancer again this is a phenomenal book for 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 anyone who is not only um uh, experiencing it themselves but also a family member if you know of someone please check it out it's the silver lining of com. you can go there you can get a copy you can also get a signed copy as well and um also you can just go on amazon and get it if you like uh, it's not a problem either um, right. again i want to thank you two so very much and i want to remind our listeners this program uh, if you've been moved by it, if you feel that this would help someone that you love and care for, please make sure that you share it. You can share the YouTube video. It's really easy to share on your social media, in emails, uh, in text messages. It's super easy to do that. But also you can um, subscribe to this uh, this program on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Spotify, you name it. You can subscribe to it and you can also have access to this program. But I highly recommend the YouTube video because it's so easy to share and people will listen to it. So. Um, thank you so very much ladies I, I just love and adore you and I love and adore my wonderful listeners as always I want to remind you to think outside of that damn box until next time bye for now <laughs>